0: You're listening to Artistic Finance, show 152. Today we get an update on the Artistic Finance 6K, the $6,000 of investments that we purchased in May of 2021. This panel includes a bond investment CEO and two lighting designers to review how our investments compare to the S&P 500. Today, we also get some updates about artistic finance since the start of our summer break in June. To get the full story of what Nicole and I have been up to, take a listen to this week's bonus episode over at patreon.com artisticfinance We talk about what we've been up to since leaving New York, including what kind of car we bought and who is going to be on the live show at LDI. Without further ado, let's get to the show.
1: You are listening to Artistic Finance, where we help creatives learn about the business of show business.
0: Welcome and thank you for listening. I am your host, Ethan Steimel, broadcasting out of Phoenix, Arizona. And today I welcome back my superstar armchair investor, Panel, the CEO of the bond investing app Liquidify. Joining us from Denver, Maitre Gopala Krishnan.
1: Hi, it's great to be back, Ethan.
0: And lighting designer and project manager joining us from Los Angeles, Ebony Madry.
2: Hello! All
0: right, now today we are missing Amy Deluxe, who is off doing the most Amy Deluxe thing possible, which is attending Burning Man. <laughs> and we're also missing Katie Berman who wanted to be here, but she's run into a compliance issue at worldwide wickets. And so we don't get to keep up with her investments anymore. Sad day. Um, all right. So we're recording this on September 3rd, 2023. And before we start, I just want to say a few things, which is first the elephant in the podcast studio, and that is that artistic finance took a summer break. So it was totally unplanned and unexpected, and podcasts just sort of stopped. And the reason is that there was a lot of traveling going on this summer, and with Theo, the baby, uh, I just couldn't keep up with releasing. Um, But starting this week, we're returning with weekly episodes. And thank you to Amy Deluxe, who has recorded a number of guest episodes for me. So those will be coming out. Carl Faber has recorded a couple. Those are going to be coming out. And Ebony, I believe you're in one of Carl's. So. Ebony will be making a return appearance. Oh. <laughs> so so we have all that. Uh, and then the other thing, just because it's been two and a half months since this podcast went out, uh, I am now based out of Phoenix, Arizona, which is a new thing for me. <laughs> and the reason is that I'm now a professor of lighting design at Arizona State University. So that happened. Uh, and then... Other little things about our life that are insignificant to everyone else, but to us were a very big thing is one we bought a car, which we hadn't had a car for 10 years in New York. So that was like stressful. But I will say I posted on Facebook and I said, hey, I need recommendations for a car. And for the first time ever, Facebook was really super helpful. And we immediately got all these great recommendations. So we're going to record a bonus episode about the car because that's a whole story. Um, but let it suffice to know that we have one and we've named her Dorothy. So there you go. (laughs) Um, all right. And the final thing I want to mention is that we're working on getting a live episode together for LDI. And I, I'm not ready to say who all the panelists are, but I'm really excited about the panel. And one of them is with us here today and that is Ebony. (laughs) So it's going to be a great episode and, uh, hopefully we'll see people live at LDI in Las Vegas. All right. So. That was a lot, just a little caught up. And if you want to hear more about my life, I suppose, check out the bonus episode, which will be paired with this episode. All right. Maitre, um, since we've lost Katie, who was our very official finance person, <laughs> I was wondering if you could just give us a disclaimer for today's episode.
1: Sure. Um, so disclaimer is that... Um, While I'm an investment professional uh, and we're having a conversation about investments, Um, none of this should be interpreted as official or professional investment advice.
0: Nice, nice. Okay. All right. So, everybody, uh, our panel, and everybody listening, thank you for being here for this ongoing series where we're tracking investments that we ourselves have picked. A.K.A. we're learning um, and we're seeing if we can maintain our own investments and save for retirement or if maybe financial professionals would be better than us. (laughs) And if you want to hear previous episodes in this series, just search for episodes titled Artistic Finance 6K. All right. So what is the state of the market today? Okay, so I looked it up right before we started. (laughs) Um, And the S&P 500 is up 18.8 percent for the year which is pretty great. Um, Now, August, there was a little bit of a drop because apparently this Jerome Powell, who's the Federal Reserve Chair, uh, he had the Jackson Hole um, Economic Symposium, and he suggested that maybe more monetary policy tightening might be coming, which would be interest rates going up. Um, So from here to the end of the year, I don't know if that means we're not going to grow up as much in the S&P 500. So anyway, so that, I suppose, is the state of the market. To me, it seems pretty great but apparently it's it's the tepid expectations now my trade is that i'll check out with what you know
1: yeah yeah um i've read basically that the the expectations are sort of lukewarm um but the objective is to try and steer us out of a full blown recession um so while it may not be great um hopefully it's not terrible either <laughs> it's kind of an in between
0: yeah the the Forbes article I read said something about a soft landing, which uh, I think sounds lovely, but we'll see. (laughs) I don't know that in my lifetime of 35 years that there have been any soft landings. It always seems to be something crazy. (laughs) Um, Okay. All right. So I'm going to start off with giving us an update on the Artistic Finance 6K. Um, So these are the $5,000 of investments that I picked by doing quote research aka googling things and trying to pick a diversified portfolio so here's how all those things are doing so we had our thousand dollars of the s p 500 and so that 1000 is now 1144 so we're up 14 percent on the s p 500 the four individual stocks that i picked uh are now that thousand is now 982 dollars so we're down two percent um but that's better than the last time because the last quarter update we had i was down eight percent on my picks um and so the outlier here in my four stocks is vst which is an energy stock uh like a electric company And um, actually in the Forbes article, it said that energy has not been doing well this year, but I have to disagree with that because my energy pick (laughs) is doing really well and it's up 105% from inception. So, um, and then you may say, well, if that's up 100% of your stocks, why are you down 2%? Well, and the reason is I have a technology stock in there that pretty much tanked the month after we started this investment special. And so it's down 98%. So even though I have one that's 100%, I have another that's negative, 100%. (laughs) Okay, and now my real estate, I I picked uh, four REITs, real estate investment trusts, and those are up, nine. no, no, sorry, I hang that. Those are up 8.6%. So the $1,000 of real estate stocks we had is now $1,079. And again, that's trailing the S&P 500 by 6% but last time they were broken even. So my real estate in the last quarter has done really well. And I wanna point out that it's not necessarily because it's done well, like the stocks have gone up themselves, but half of them are paying dividends and they're pretty good dividends. So I currently have $81 of dividends that is sitting in the account um, that I need to go reinvest. Uh, Bitcoin, which has been a thorn in my side because we bought it at the peak and it immediately fell, It fell just a little bit. So we're down 54%. So we had a thousand of it and now it's at 445. But again, I'm not super unhappy because it was lower than that for a while. So I'm um, even though it sank this past quarter, I'm pretty good. Uh, and then wine. So we have a case of wine through the company Vinovest and it is now that $1,000 is worth 926. That's what our wine is worth. So we're down 7%. And I will say I'm beginning a little like soured on the wine investment (laughs) because while it's not like the worst, you know, being down 7%, I was hoping that it would go like up slightly, like up 7%. Like I, I would prefer it to like at least stay with the market or something.
2: Well, and I guess it's like, why is it going down? Like it's sitting in a storage tempered like what what causes it to go down i think for me is also well
0: and there's a tracker that i can go look at and in april it went down so it actually was doing really well it was like basically keeping up with the s&p maybe beating it a little um and then in april for some reason it fell and while i don't know enough about wine or investments to know exactly why that is i do know that it's something about like uh if there's a lot of that type of wine on the market it's not as valuable So I don't know if maybe people haven't been buying it. So then there's still a lot of it around. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I'll dig into that.
1: If I remember, um, wasn't it advertised as like a hedge against the S&P 500? Or if the rest of the market was maybe doing poorly, that that could be sort of an anchor. And because we had a good summer relatively with the S&P, maybe it's like going the other way. I don't know. Just a theory. but. I know nothing about the
0: markets. No, that's interesting. And we'll go with that because it sounds very positive. And I I will say, like you may think I have all these crazy picks in here, like why would you do $1,000 of Bitcoin or why would you do $1,000 of wine? And it's that exact same reason of hedging is I thought, oh, I'm just going to get a really diversified smattering here and do this. And so, yeah, maybe because the S&P and inflation or whatever are going up, maybe that wine is going down. So even though technically it's, Still, just wine. So, I'm hoping with that, I'm hoping we're hanging on to it, and I'm hoping that at some point it's going to be worth more like that wine. Like everyone's going to drink all the rest of those wines, and I will be the only one that hangs on to this one case. (laughs) That's my hope. Okay, and then I'm just going to mention it to mention it. I don't count this as the investments, but we bought a thousand dollars worth of art, but that's just a piece of art, and it's sitting here in our apartment in Arizona. And uh, I don't think there will ever be a financial return on that. So I don't actually count it, but arguably it's, it's, it exists. Okay, so that's where we are. So if we add up all of my investments and put them all together, we had put $5,000 in and that is now at $4,576. So I'm down 8%, which sounds like painful, but not terrible. But when the S&P is up 14%, that means I'm trailing the market by So it sounds a little rough and that's all I'll say. (laughs) And then I'll, I'll move on. I'm, I'm happy. I'm at peace with my life, but, uh, yeah, but I'm going to hang on to everything. I'm not playing to rebalance. I'm playing a long game here. The investor, I always quote named Ian Dunlop is always says, just hold it for 10 years and you'll be happy. I guarantee you'll be happy. So we're now three years in and I won't say I'm happy. but I'm not terribly upset and I have seven years to go. <laughs> um, okay. So now I want to get an update on your guys's investments. Uh, so I'm going to start with my tray. Uh, what are your investments and how are they doing?
1: Yeah. So for this um, experiment, I think I had tracked I bonds um, and then one corporate bond issued by JP Morgan. Um, and so I'll start with the i-bonds cuz that's a, a little bit more straightforward. Um so when I invested um I believe the i-bonds rate was like 9.6%. It was it was at that um sort of peak or very close to it. Um since inflation is now coming down, um the I guess composite rate um, for the IBOMS now is 4.3%. Um, so that gets updated every, um, if I remember the calendar dates, right, it's like May and November, um, is when those rates get updated based on what the current inflation metric is. Um, and so that's your prevailing kind of return rate for that period of time, um, going forward. So, um, it's been steadily coming down, um, I will say I didn't do a great job actually tracking what the specific like <laughs> return to this point is um, like you did Ethan. So for next time, I need to actually put the whole spreadsheet together and do that. But I know that. yeah.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> the, this- the, the only thing I do is I because my brain can only take so much. Um, I can't really track and I don't trust a lot of the apps. So I just take what did I start with a thousand dollars? What is it now? And then that's how I calculate my return. Those are that's the only number I care about.
1: Yeah, I guess for um how this works, it's basically I bought it below par, which was like a $1,000, and then there was a certain coupon payment for that first kind of 6 months and then for the second 6 months and the third 6 months or however long I've held it. Um and so it's evaluated based on the par amount, um but it has been decreasing and I mean, it's not a bad thing. Like, I'm happy with inflation <laughs> coming down a little bit um, from its, its skyrocket highs. But um, it is, yeah, coming down steadily. So that's that's the I-bonds. Um, and then the J.P. Morgan bond, um, that I know is down from when I purchased it, like at the purchase price by like 50-something dollars. Um, but again, um, the way I think about the return is more what it's gonna be when I um, cash in the bond at the end. Um, And so the maturity date is 2027. Um, And if I remember correctly, the yield to maturity was somewhere around like four, four and a half percent or something like this. But I bought this, I think it was last August. Um, I I forget when when I actually made that purchase, but it was like right after an artistic finance episode basically. And since then the interest rates have gone up. So then the prices of the bonds have come down. um, And so that's why that looks like a loss, Then I'm gonna be holding the bond to maturity, um, which is in 2027. So kind of complex, but (laughs) yeah.
0: Okay. So uh, I can't figure out exactly what percentage you are. Like if we froze it in time, even though it doesn't work like that with bonds. Um, but I will say in the Forbes article, I was reading about the state of the market. It it said that maybe if interest rates go up, which, um, like another quarter percent or 25 basis points, um, like the, so are you saying that like the bonds you bought because interest rates have gone up since then that they're worth less sort of thing? Or would, 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 when basis points go up, does that mean your bonds are going to be worth more?
1: So when the interest rates go up, Um, prices go down because basically uh, for that same JP Morgan bond or for other um, very similar JP Morgan bonds that are issued in the future, um, they have to be issued kind of according to what the current market conditions are, which means the interest rates are higher. So JP Morgan would have to provide a higher interest rate. Uh, So then you're bond that you bought before that had the lower interest rate is worth less um so that's why the price goes down
0: okay but if you bought it today or say say let's say in by the end of the year they raise the interest rates you know another quarter percent if you then after they did that you then bought a bond it would benefit from that higher rate
1: yes exactly exactly
0: okay so basically you and i are in the same boat in that i bought bitcoin at its height and it's just gone down. Yeah. You basically bought your bonds at the height of inflation?
1: Uh, not the height, but as it was going up, I figured if I catch caught it on the upswing, that I'd have to take a little bit of risk, but hopefully I get, yeah, <laughs> um, something beneficial out of it. Um, but yeah, I think in 2021, it was like really bad. <laughs> um, bonds had like negative yields. Um, and I bought it when the yield was kind of okay. Um, and then now the yields are, are relatively, um, quite good compared to what we've seen for the last you know, 30 years. So. Okay.
0: So I always think of bonds as the safety net. Like, um, if you want to be safe, if you're retiring and you don't want fluctuations, go with bonds. So in that logic of bonds are safe. Are you happy with your choices?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I am because I, so I put, uh, relatively smaller parts of my portfolio into these as, as kind of an experiment. Um, but I have been and staying really active in the treasury bond market as well, um, and have been uh, basically taking advantage of all of these rate hikes by reinvesting my money into those treasury bonds at higher rates. So I'm not necessarily taking the same strategy as like bonds are the anchor, or they're safe. Um, I'm taking the approach of no, these interest rates keep going up. Like, let me continue taking advantage of them. Um, The JP Morgan bond, in hindsight, I don't know if I would have gotten it because um, it does lock me in for four years, um, four more years. Um, And, you know, obviously now the interest rates are better, um, more favorable than they were then. Um, But there's always good and okay and bad investments in any portfolio, I feel like, so...
0: Yeah, case in point, all of ours on this call. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and the locking in for four years, that's something to think about because when I bought all these investments, I was like, okay, five years minimum, but I'm aiming to hold all these for 10 years. Um, And Amy Deluxe, who invested in in art, like through Masterworks, she's really locked in because it's like until they sell that, you know, until they sell the piece, um, she's stuck for however long that is. And so all the investments I picked, uh, you can get in and out of them fairly quickly. So now if you get out of them, obviously you're going to lose money, at least how a lot of them are with me now, but they're very liquid. So art art, and, well, well, the wine, no, well, here's the thing. Even the wine is liquid because I can sell it anytime I want. Um, but yeah, Bonds and Amy Deluxe's artwork, those are, you're, you're stuck with them in a way.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you can sell these. Um, so if I sold, I would have, I don't know, a $53 loss pr- plus all the transaction fees for the JP Morgan bond today, um, if I wanted to do that. Um, but next time I come in, I'll actually calculate what the different, like the returns are, but also the the way that bond returns um, are usually measured is yield to maturity. So it's like, what's the amount you get with the coupons um, up to the point where it matures and you get your money back. So... I'll take
0: that up. Um, but yeah, well then that's also like with my real estate ones that are paying dividends. It's like if the day they pay the dividend, it's like, Oh, they put $50 in the account. It's like, but if you had measured it one day earlier, I would be, it would be less return. So
1: yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Taking a quick break from the interview to mention our Patreon page. Now this show is free and that's intentional because we provide a place where any artist can ask any financial question and we will get them an answer. But there, of course, are ongoing costs to keep the show going, including taking the live show to LDI. Now those costs are offset by you, our wonderful patrons. So if you are enjoying the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon. In return, patrons get access to bonus content, including today's bonus episode. Nicole and I and Theo talk about what we've been up to since leaving New York, including how I ended up at Arizona State University, what kind of car we bought, and who's gonna be on the live show at LDI. In addition to supporting artistic finance, we use our income to support various artists and arts nonprofits with monthly contributions. So if you wanna join us in that work too, please sign up at patreon.com artisticfinance And now back to the show. All right, Maitre, fantastic. Um, seems like you're happy with your bonds. I'm happy for you. Uh, let's move on to Ebony. Ebony, how are your investments? And you know, I always love you know because Tesla is always in the news. So
2: <laughs> it is, it really is. It really is. It's kind of like I wish he wasn't as much because when he wasn't, we were doing really well. Um, sad but
0: we're here now. Can I say? Actually, I want to just say something about Tesla. So I have been in love with Tesla since like 2008, or I was watching a PBS documentary about electric cars and Tesla, well, that was like the first time I ever knew about it. And I don't know if, Tez, if Elon Musk was involved at that point. Um, probably, he probably was and he probably got them into the PBS special, but I have like tracked it since then. And so Elon Musk has been in like my news for like the last, I guess, longer than many other people even. You're like, when he wasn't in the news, and I'm like, he's always been in the news.
2: (laughs) I guess, like, well, I guess the, like, association of of him with Tesla, like, that direct link, especially around, like, the election time, I think it really started getting bad. (laughs) So, yeah, my Tesla, I'm staying loyal, and I am down 3%, uh, which isn't, like, terrible, you know, I think in the grand scheme, I think it could be a lot worse. And then, uh, yeah, I do still have the Kroger um, stock, which is interesting because, like, a lot of stores use Kroger's warehouse for their brand. So, like, if you go shop, I don't know what stores are near you, but, like, you know, you go shop at, like, a Arouse or something, their, uh, like, store brand is actually Kroger brand.
0: Um, so Kroger has like a lot of influence in that way. Is Kroger worldwide? Cause I grew up in Missouri and I know there were some Kroger's in Missouri. I was in New York for 10 years and I don't remember seeing any Kroger. And then in Phoenix here, I don't think I've seen any Kroger's. So is it in all 50 States?
2: I don't know if they're in all 50 States. I mean, I'm in Houston, Texas, where I grew up, there are Kroger there. And I didn't see, there weren't any like Ralph's or, or what else is there? Albertson's is in Houston, their store, like brick and mortars, are not nationwide.
0: But they're, but they're warehouses, potentially. Yeah. Out. Okay, interesting. And how, yeah. Um, a long time ago, uh, I had a grocery stock. Mine have even been Kroger. And I remember I got rid of it because it was just like stagnant and boring. And it was paying dividends, but very little. So how has yours, has it gone up, gone down? How?
2: Yes, it, it does definitely fluctuate a lot. Um, right now, I'm up 1%, uh, which I kind of take as, like, a, that's pretty good. Um, and I'm getting very, very small dividends, like, so tiny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. And, and do the dividends, do they automatically reinvest into more Kroger?
2: Yes, that, that's basically what I have it set up to do right now. Okay. I'm like, what else am I going to do with this little...
0: Change. <laughs> awesome and this is the first time that tesla's been down right haven't you been up in yeah the past?
2: yeah so i don't know if it was the the release of the tesla truck or what
0: oh right the cyber truck that's coming out that's becoming a real reality
2: a real thing yeah it's like he sketched it as a kid and now it's an actual
0: car <laughs> yeah it's been showing up on my news feed like uh truckloads of these trucks and I'm like, wow, they really actually are building those. And they look like yeah. that. And those are gonna start showing up on the roads any yeah. day now. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. Although I will say they do look safe. They
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the and that's the thing about Tesla is like they are like a tank, right? Like, I don't know if anybody has ever like been in an accident with one, but you look around them after they've been hit and you're like, where is the damage? I, I have not seen uh lots of damage like Tesla.
0: For all Tesla's or for the Cybertruck?
2: I think for all. Like um I, I know um someone had like a Y model and they were like, Yeah, I was in an accident and I was like, Where? They're like right there and I'm like <laughs> zooming in.
0: <laughs> well I will say when I posted my post saying, Hey, I need recommendation recommendations for cars for a small family. Um, David Martin jocks, who's on the light talk podcast. And he was a guest here once he wrote a whole thing because he recently bought a Tesla like a year or two ago and he loves it. And he talked about how safe it was. He was like, they're the safest cars there. And he explained like, because they're heavy and because all this, and it was like a really good argument for just for safety. It was like, wow. I mean, if you could, why wouldn't you?
2: Well, and yeah. And like, not just their weight, but all of the safety features within them, right? Like if you're in an accident, it records those minutes like up to the accident, right? And it like automatically releases the, like a uh, video that you can send to your insurance.
0: I, I will say I see I see videos online all the time of like, oh, this accident happened and oh, this crazy thing. And I'm always like, who are these people with cameras in their cars that are always recording that like have these videos? Like who does this? And it's probably all coming from Teslas.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I know. Seriously, yeah. They're like one of the safest cars on the market.
0: All right, Ebony, I see that you have a new stock. I do. Tell us about that.
2: Um, Okay, so I did put a little chump change into uh, NVIDIA, which is like the graphic card uh, media chip for uh, computers. Um, Just 200 bucks uh, like two weeks ago and um, it's, like, up
0: 5%. And why did you pick that? Because I actually feel like NVIDIA showed up on my radar at some point in the last quarter, um, explaining how it's involved in a lot of things and it is a good pick.
2: Well, that's why. I. Obviously, they're very involved in technology, um, and there's just so much coming out right now, right? Like, you think about Apple and how many computers they're releasing, or you look at, you know, Microsoft or any, you know, gaming uh, console system, it all kind of links back. I thought it was a good, solid investment.
1: Then, if I can interject for this, for NVIDIA, um, so what's going on right now is that there's been a huge surge of popularity this year um, in AI-related things um, and for very, very intensive um, computing operations um, that are required for AI type things to actually work. Um, You need uh, like the level of processing that you provide um, and NVIDIA makes them. And so everyone who's in the AI world um, or adjacent is like partnering or working with NVIDIA. Um, And so I think their revenues have have increased considerably. Um, So that's...
2: I was going to mention that and I was like, I know a lot of like actor friends so I'm not gonna mention the video because AI is a touchy subject around here.
0: Yeah, it is It is t- touchy. And so, Maitre, I don't know if you know about this, but there's um, uh, union strikes going on or writer strikes and- an actor
2: strike, And actor, strikes, and and, actor stri- and,
0: uh, yeah. And yeah. P- part of the arguments are all like, because AI, you know, companies are using AI of people, you know, and it's like, well, hey, you have to credit the person. So that's sort of why it's a dicey issue. Even
2: in some of the corporate work I'm doing, there are now apps for voiceovers. Whereas before we would go to uh, a voiceover actor and get, you know, get them to do these voiceovers and there's going to be a whole bunch of changes. But now you can just type it into a computer and it sounds pretty humanoid. Like it doesn't sound robotic. Uh, and it's... Um, kind of scary and odd, so,
0: yeah. Well, and and I kid you not, on this podcast, when I took the break, I was like, I can't keep up with this, but part of me actually wanted to, so there, you can, I can record my face, I can record my voice, and then I can put it into, there's, it's a couple of AIs that I would have to use, but then I could like write things out, and then I could have the podcast go on with an artificial Ethan. And while it wouldn't be perfect, it would still be pretty darn good.
2: That kind of crazy. It's <laughs> creepy. It's like iRobot. Did we learn nothing from Will Smith's iRobot?
0: <laughs> but but I will say about NVIDIA, I think the AI, you know, I know it's a touchy subject in arts and entertainment, but I, I feel like it shouldn't be because I'm like, we're going to get to a good place where we figure out how do we properly and ethically pay people and all that. But AI and NVIDIA, I think probably a reason why it's a good pick is AI is not going to go anywhere. Exactly. Know? It's like Bitcoin and NFTs. It's like, yeah, they're up and down or whatever, but they're here to stay. And AI is too. It's like, it's only going to be
2: get better. Yeah. That's literally why I was like, I'll the AI thing think is really why I ended up doing it. Um, and so I was like, I'll just start with like 200, like very, very small. Let's just see how it does for a couple months and then I'll do a little bit more.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Okay. So Ebony, just asking, cause I'm hanging onto mine for forever. Uh, are you planning to sell any of these? No, I think I'm going to hold
2: everything. Um, I don't really see a need to. Like, I'm not extremely down. Yeah, I think it's a good time.
0: Also, question, because I'm sort of doing it as an experiment to see, like, if I invested for my own retirement and did my own thing, like, would I be okay? What would a catalyst be for you to sell something, Ebony?
2: I think if it dropped to, like, if it was, like, 10% down... Like 15% down. I feel like at that point, it's like I could take that money that I have left and at least try to put it into something else to not necessarily make my money back, but like just balance.
0: Okay, self-serving question here. My one pick that's down 98%, <laughs> it's, it's worth $7 on the market. Do you think I should sell it and put that $7 towards something else? Or should I? You could right? at
2: least you can at least get a pumpkin spice latte with seven dollars.
0: No, no, I have to reinvest it. I can't.
2: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you're reinvesting exactly. it in yourself in your fall season. That's right.
0: Amazing. Um, trade, actually, sort of same questions for you. I know bonds you you sort of need to hang on to, but what would make you sell one of those bonds that you have?
1: That's actually a, it's a good question because I feel like we're um, possibly in a not sure if this is not like a professional analysis or anything but I feel like we're going to be um possibly hitting a peak in interest rates um sometime in the next one to two years maybe um and then after that um the yields will start going down and prices will start going up um so when I see that there's enough of a price um gain or something like this and um you know there's there's kind of like a trade-off opportunity where, like, if I sold it, um, that would kind of end up nutting me more than, like, if I held it for the rest of time and, and held it out to maturity. Um, at that maybe trade-off point, um, that's when I'm, I might consider selling. Um, obviously I, I definitely wait for a year at least because, um, short-term capital gains taxes are, like, in line with your interest rate, or sorry, with your interest rates, um, with your income tax rates. Um, But long-term capital gains are, I think it's 15% for, I don't know, normal income and then 20% for higher income. And so it's really favorable actually um to generally, I mean, unless your investment like totally tanks and you wanna just write it off um and do the tax loss harvesting thing, like to hold it for at least a year until you can get that favorable capital gains rate. So I'd wait at least a year and then wait for that kind of trade-off point, so.
0: Okay, awesome. And I just learned something new. So whenever I think uh, long-term capital gains tax, yeah. I always think 20%. And you just said that that's for high earners. So yeah. people in two- a lower tax bre- bracket have 15% tax. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's super cool. Yeah, I just learned. Cool. (laughs) Uh,
1: Wait for a year and a day or something. Um, so if you hold on to that 98% user for Yeah.
0: Well, okay. And also that's another reason on the artistic finance 6k I have not bought, I've only reinvested things, but other than that, I've only held. So I now am past like the capital gains. Yeah. The year and a day. So I now, whenever I sell these, it's long-term investment, um, tax. So I could, it could be that 15% or 20%. Um, so that and that's part of why I've held these so long, but now now we're in year three, I've definitely passed it. Yeah. Amazing. Okay, all right. So uh I just wanna take a moment to mention the artistic finance Patreon page. And the reason I'm mentioning it is because yes, I went off the air for two months, but <laughs> in that two months, we actually got a new patron. So Nicole has kept the newsletter going and she does a really good job with that every month. And so because of that, we got a new patron. So we're now one more patron strong. So Richard Eisen is our new patron. Thank you, Richard, for joining us. And so let's wrap this up. Cause I know Maitre, you've you've got a client to get to on this Labor Day weekend, because everybody on this call is very American and we choose to work on our weekends. <laughs> um so what have we learned from this investment experiment so far so i'm going to go first here and this quarter this week this time i'm feeling that i have learned that yes i can pick my choices but as we can see i'm trailing the s&p 500 but i'm realizing that with how busy life is I can definitely really understand why people have financial advisors or why they put their money in a target date fund or they just put all their money into the pension because it is a lot to keep track of with the news and all this and what are you getting right and what are you getting wrong? Um, So I can definitely see why you wanna put your investments with a professional or somebody else, even though logically, um, if you just put it in the S&P 500 or something like that, it's going to do well. And if you're just consistent with that, you're going to be awesome. And you can totally do it. Like the tools are available, but I can definitely understand the fact that I will go months without even looking at the investment account um, of why you would want somebody to to just at least keep a professional eye on it. So that's what I've learned. Let's see my What have you learned?
1: Yeah. um, I'd say the um, conversation we've just had about um, when to hold on and maybe when to let go is an interesting point to think about. Um, because I have long been of the philosophy that you buy something and you kind of hold on to it um until you know it rides out to when you're like using that money in the future. Um but um it's it's worth considering what the trade-offs are of getting rid of something that may not be performing um where you'd like it and figuring out what the cutoff point for you is, um, and and holding yourself kind of to that, um, which can be, I think, a difficult thing to kind of follow through. You're like, oh, okay, it's holding, but then, or it's going down, but, you know, maybe it's, it's a little extra work to figure out the whole, you know, selling process, and then what's reinvested in. Um, but potentially, it could be worth it. Um, and so looking at those trade-offs um, and figuring out when you're ready to let go of an investment um, is something I think that's interesting um, to think more about.
0: Yeah, nice. And yeah, that's something that I didn't, I just said we are gonna hold them forever, but I didn't throw in a closing point of like, cause that one that's down 98%, if I had had a rule in there that said, once it falls below 70%, get rid of it, then I, w- I wouldn't have to consider selling it for a pumpkin spice latte now. I would I would have already done it and and put it into whatever else, you know, Starbucks app or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Ebony, what, what have you learned from all of this?
2: Uh, I was actually going to also mention how challenging it is to keep up with everything that's constantly changing. I mean, um, just to compare it to like something like fantasy football. Right. You do that only for a very short amount of time where you're like tracking your players. Right where this is like very much long term, especially depending on like the level of um, or the amount of money that you're putting into this, right? Like 6K, you know, that's a good chunk of money. So yeah, I I would say tracking the investment on, on top of just kind of leaning into like your gut or instincts, like that's why I try to invest in things that I'm already actively involved in. You know, like I know that I grocery shop and I typically grocery shop at like a Kroger or a Ralphs, right? And where um I I really still kind of want a Tesla, right? So I'm you know trying to invest in things that I'm already naturally keeping up with because it is like very hard to to track those things. So yeah, that's literally what I was going to mention to you.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And I will say that when we bought the art, I decided to buy a piece of art and in a way invest in that artist because I, you know, it's something that's important to me. But I had talked about like investing in Disney because I was like, okay, this is an art stock that we can track, you know. So I I did think about that. So I do like that part of your philosophy. And I will say that in Phoenix, they have this restaurant called Del Taco. (laughs) I don't know if you know of this restaurant. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So you, I,
2: about it do you love it now
0: i love it i love Is it, it.
2: Your go-to?
0: <laughs> i've been there already very cool we've only been here a month and i've been more than once
2: i <laughs> love that no whenever um i found out you moved there i was like oh excellent there's a water burger there i was like
0: you know, "I can drive right yes there's here. water here there's all these things like uh, there's also a <laughs> jack-in-the-box which like they have them in new york but not in manhattan where nicole and i were so like it you know these are all our i'll call them guilty pleasures but let's be frank these are really just pleasures i'm not I'm, yeah. i don't feel guilty about this <laughs> but like the del taco i'm like maybe i should invest in delta like wh- whatever the parent company is maybe I mean, I exactly maybe i should s- take that seven dollars and put it in del taco
2: <laughs> by buying yourself a no like the stock not, <laughs> no not buying
0: a burger or something okay and i just want to say if anybody doesn't know what this restaurant is um I'm not going to compare it to anything, but I will it's say they have burritos.
2: Taco Bell, <laughs> but I they have burritos.
0: They have burritos and burgers, which and fries, like fries and burritos. I don't know. To me, it's like their
2: lemonade. The lemonade is good.
0: <laughs> All right, this episode not brought to you by Del Taco, but <laughs> yeah. you know, if the CEO happens to be listening, <laughs> looking for sponsors. Um, okay. Amazing. All right. So now before we go, can we just get an update on our lives? Because it's been so long. Um, I'm going to have a whole bonus episode on an update on my life. So nothing, only thing you need to know is that I bought a car and that we have a baby and he's doing well. Um, so Ebony, what's been going on in your life uh, or career that you can tell us about?
2: Um, I am working on some pretty cool projects. I'm very blessed and, um, fortunate. So that Uh, That part is great. I'm actually in the process of transitioning out of one production company into another. So I'm doing that crazy thing where uh, I'm kind of actually working two full time jobs um, and that'll happen until um, literally LDI. (laughs) Like, (laughs) So uh, just because I want to finish out the project that I'm on with my current company, uh, because I really appreciate them and um, I like the stuff that I'm working on. Uh, but just taking a, a next
0: a next step. Wow. Okay. Well, congratulations. Uh, so I've always said, oh, yeah, Ebony works for Bright Ideas. So you're now not going to be working for them, you know? Yeah.
2: Minutes. It's really like sad and crazy and exciting. And they're so supportive. And I'm just very, very fortunate to, to be in a space where um, they allowed me to grow and are excited for this next step. And LA even though LA is big it's so small like we're I know just about everyone at one of these production companies um so it's it's super super tight knit
0: wow and can we ask where the new place is yeah the new place is a company called
2: wasted potential um they do concert tours and the name is actually derived from people you know telling the CEO a long time ago he was wasting his potential um and so yeah they do a lot of um a lot of support for artists like uh jack harlow daniel caesar uh they do a couple of things with you know janelle Monet, megan trainer so pretty yeah
0: wow that is super cool congrats thank you um uh, maitre what's been going on in your life in the last few months
1: yeah um well, so I've been working on another company. since so if the one wasn't enough, um, which has been fun. Um yeah. Um so I'm uh taking a new technology that's been created at CU. Um CU Boulder um, University of Colorado is my um mater for undergrad. Um and uh, they have this cool program now where you can take um, interesting things that have come out of the lab and spin them out into standalone companies. Um, mine is going to be in the GPS space, or is in the GPS space, um, so that'll be fun, making GPS better in, hopefully better, um, in urban environments, because, um, I know, signal tends to die in places like New York City or LA, I guess, like larger cities. Um, So improving that problem, um, that's the hope. Um, So I've just embarked on that. Um, And then continuing to plug away with my business, um, with my finance business, uh, and talking to more people, and bringing on a couple more clients. uh, And then uh, we just, as of this weekend, decided we're going to go to Alaska for a few days and go chase the Northern Lights um, because that's like a once in a lifetime thing and I, I just gotta see them. <laughs> so we're gonna fly out there and hunker down in our place and be super cold all the time and then look out and have a place.
2: It's so beautiful. I saw the Northern Lights the summer of 2014. I was in um, Northern Wisconsin, literally. On the part of Wisconsin that touches Lake Superior, I was doing an outdoor music festival and they called me and someone was like, step outside. And I was like, what, what, what's going on? Like, I'm at the venue. I'm thinking something is like breaking. Um, And it was absolutely insane. So I hope you have the opportunity to see them because it is so um, powerful and gorgeous. So I'm manifesting that you can see them.
1: Thank you so much, Ebony. That's amazing
0: that you saw them that is awesome that is awesome all right well uh congratulations on all that going on and just let us know when the gps company goes public so that i can put that seven dollars into it and
1: got
0: it it'll yeah and you'll grow it for us because that gps technology is going to be so amazing it's going to be the new nvidia is what they're saying the new nvidia yeah that's right amazing okay awesome um so uh I will also say that just mentioning that Amy Deluxe um, has been keeping up with the book club. Um, so some of those episodes are going to be coming out because she's been recording them. I just haven't been releasing them. And actually I want to say my you're going to be on one of our book club episodes talking about the money manual, which I now call the money, my huh? <laughs> um, so we'll be recording that and that'll be coming out. Um, so the book club is returning. Okay. So that's it for us today. Um, Thank you to our 30 patrons, um, and if you would like to help out, I would, of course, love your support in that regard. Um, you can visit patreon.com artisticfinance to keep the show going, and then you can connect with Ebony and Maitre on LinkedIn using their names, um, or you can find their Instagram handles and their other links in the show notes. So thank you both for your time and energy. So that's all we have for today. We'll be seeing you next quarter, and until next time, break a leg. All right, so I thought we were all done, but a very important thing, Nicole wanted to show everybody Theo. So. Nicole, we're ready. Me. He hasn't pooped yet, everyone, just so you know. <laughs> so, you never know.
1: Hello! Say hi. Can you say Hello. hi? I love the artistic finance onesie. That is, <laughs> that, that is, is like, wow.
0: He's, we gonna help he's it. He's
1: grown so everybody? big I since know. I... The
0: all- there's he's my there. tray and there's Ebony and there's Brianne and you're going to meet yeah. Ebony and Brianne in person at LDI. Yes. He's going to be coming to LDI. Yes.
1: He
2: will be there. Whenever, I, will wait. I was like, Oh yeah. Are you excited to go to LDI? She's
1: like, wait a going to As be I'm there? The baby,
0: like he's got a stoic face <laughs> well, on. well last year at LDI, we we knew the baby was on the way oh, and so we were looking uh, at like strollers. We saw people with strollers and we're like, "Oh, we can totally bring the And then Ebony, I see a little doggy there. Yeah. There's yeah. doggy.
2: Hi. Hi, pop. The first time we did uh, LDI with Ethan, she was like a puppy and we she took was her a puppy insane. I should not have done that. It was awful.
0: <laughs> I remember you stayed at the link because they allow pets.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Amazing. All right. Okay. Well, thank you for it's saying, nice and say thank hi. you for saying hi All everyone.
2: Right. Beautiful. Hope it's cool there in Arizona. Oh yeah.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Oh, we it? love okay.
2: it. Okay. Okay.
0: <laughs> All right. Bye again. Bye. Bye.
1: Thank you for listening to Artistic Finance, where we interview successful artists, leaders, and investors to help educate and inspire the creative community. To access our show notes and resources, go to artisticfinance.com. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any decision, consult a professional. This show is copyrighted by Artistic Finance. Written permission must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting.